Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 136, and we're talking about America's Southwest. Yeah, that's right. Well, we're not. We're still on holiday. So that's right. We're lazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As you uh, download this, we're probably relaxing in a beach somewhere in Northland. Yeah, because it's summer here. You know, New Year's, Christmas. Yeah. It means hanging out at the beach, going swimming, yeah, lots might of barbecues. Be, might be sailing or doing a bit of fishing or just, you know, sitting on the beach with a cold beer. Yep, that's life. <laughs> Well, this week we'll leave you in the capable hands of Chris Christensen from AmateurTraveler.com. This is Chris Christensen from the Amateur Traveler, and I'm filling in this week while Craig and Linda are on vacation. Craig had asked me to do a show for the Independent Traveler, and one of the things that occurred to me is when most travelers come to the United States, which is where I live, they see New York City, they see Los Angeles, maybe San Francisco, and often nothing in between. Now, certainly one of the best-known places in between is the Grand Canyon that's on many people's list. But I want to give you an itinerary, a proposed itinerary for the indie traveler that is targeted at something you might like. This is a camping trip, although you will need a car or rental car because we're going to be in the American Southwest and public transportation is few and far between. We're going to start this trip in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas is an easy place to get to with a lot of different flights, and it certainly is a destination in its own right, and you can certainly spend a couple days at least in Las Vegas, depending on how much you're interested in gambling and how many shows you can afford to see. Las Vegas, though, is a much more expensive destination than it used to be. You can find a cheap hotel room if there's not a big convention in town at one of the older hotels, but a lot of the newer hotels are really pricey, and the shows are all very expensive. So keep that in mind. After you've seen Vegas, though, our first stop is a couple hours drive to the Grand Canyon. But we're going to do this a little different way than most tourists because what we're going to do is go to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon goes from east to west. It's a mile deep and certainly a great place to hike if you're in great shape. But we're not going to go to the south rim because 90% of the visitors to the Grand Canyon go to the south rim. The south rim is much more accessible from the Arizona side. The Grand Canyon is in the northern part of Arizona. So if you wanted to go to the South Rim, you'd go to Phoenix or on up to Flagstaff to get to the South Rim. But from Las Vegas, it's much easier to get to the North Rim, and the North Rim doesn't get as much traffic. Now, if we're going to do the North Rim, we're not going to do this trip in the winter because the North Rim is higher than the South Rim and will close in the winter time. It will snow in. And so the best time for this trip is probably going to be September. You could do it in spring, in the shoulder season, just before the crowds of the summer in May. But there's a reason I'm picking September, and we'll see that later in the trip. So the Grand Canyon is lovely. In fact, the Grand Canyon would be lovely stop even in the summertime because you're at a high enough elevation that it's not too hot at the rim, although it's quite an elevation change and therefore quite a climate change between the rim and the valley floor. And when I say quite a bit of climate change, I have been at the rim when it was snowing, and at the same time, it was 80 degrees at the valley floor. So just keep that in mind. If you do want to hike down to the Grand Canyon, build in two days really for that, to hike down to the Grand Canyon, hike down, and then spend the night down in the Grand Canyon and hike back up. But other than that, it doesn't take as much time to see the Grand Canyon as you might think, because unless you're hiking, it's really mostly just the vistas, especially from the North Rim. There's not quite as many viewpoints. And the Grand Canyon is odd 
inspiring, jaw-dropping, gorgeous, just like you've been told, and it's absolutely something that everyone should see. But here's the trick. I think that of the four places that we're going to take you on this particular trip, the Grand Canyon, even though it's going to be amazing, isn't going to end up being your favorite. So... The second stop, though, is going to be a lot less well-known than the first stop. And we're going to go across the Arizona desert to the east. And I should say the Arizona desert in this spot is fairly barren. You're going to want to have an iPod if you want tunes in the car because you're not going to be able to pick up any radio stations. And you're heading to Page, Arizona. And Page, Arizona is a town that was built for the building of the dam on the Colorado River, that's the Glen Canyon Dam that forms Lake Powell. And if you have some time and you're interested, you can go out on Lake Powell. Lake Powell is a very popular destination for houseboating, but I'm not going to cover that on this part of the show, but you can look into that. It's going to cost you a little money to go houseboating unless you can bum your way onto somebody else's boat. But lots of different canyons to explore on the lake, and that would be an amazing experience, but we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to camp on the shore of Lake Powell. There's a campground just by the dam. Oh, and I would recommend the tour of the dam that you can get from the visitor's center as well. And in the morning, we're going to go first thing in the morning to a very different canyon from the Grand Canyon. We're going to go to Antelope Canyon. And if you have seen pictures of the American Southwest and you've seen pictures of slot canyons, then I'm willing to bet you have seen pictures of Antelope Canyon. If you cannot take a beautiful picture of Antelope Canyon, then sell your camera. It is time to quit. Antelope Canyon is is not on the same scale as the Grand Canyon. If you go to Lower Antelope Canyon, because there's two parts, and that's where we're going to take you to first, is Lower Antelope Canyon. It is the width of my shoulders to climb into this canyon. It is a crack in the ground that has been carved out by flash floods. Now, clearly, we're also going to make sure that it's not going to rain because you're not going to be in a slot canyon if it's going to rain because you will die. And so you always make sure you check the weather before you go into any slot canyon. Lower Antelope Canyon is run by a Navajo family. This is a Navajo National Park, and you're on the Navajo Reservation. You have to be able to climb stairs to go down into Lower Antelope Canyon. It doesn't get as much traffic, and that's why we're going to do it first thing in the day. We're going to do it as soon as it opens up. You're going to climb into this canyon and go as far as they will let you, and you're going to be in this strange, twisty realm of red Navajo sandstone. You'll have to look at pictures on the site. I'll give a link to Craig to some of the pictures that I took at Lower Antelope Canyon. And it is just the most awe-inspiring, beautiful place to take pictures that I have ever been at. And it is just this channel that was cut in the rock by these flash floods, and it just has these curving and layered rocks that you are walking in and amongst, and it is beautiful. And at lunchtime, at noon, or just before noon, you're going to cross the road and go to the much more popular and more touristed Upper Antelope Canyon. Upper Antelope Canyon, instead of just walking in, you're going to need to get on a tour and take a truck out to Upper Antelope Canyon. It's a mile or two away from the highway, also run by the Navajo Nation. And Upper Antelope Canyon is actually wheelchair-friendly in the sense that it is all flat. You walk in on the flat the whole way. And the reason you want to be there at this time of day is you want to be at Upper Antelope Canyon at noon as the light comes from overhead and streams into this canyon, and you get these shafts of sunlight coming in among the rocks. And if you don't have a picture of what I'm saying, go to Flickr or go to my pictures and look for Upper Antelope Canyon. 
The next stop on our trip is going to be back up to the west. We're making a loop now, and we're at the far end of the loop, and we're heading towards Bryce National Park. You'll sometimes hear it called Bryce Canyon, but Bryce is actually not a canyon. It is a place where there are hoodoos. And if you're not familiar with a hoodoo, it's a rock formation that is a spire of rock. In particular, in Bryce, we're up at about 9,000 feet, and we have these formations that have been formed in part because about 100 times a year in Bryce, it will freeze at night, and then it will get warm in the daytime, and it will crack this rock and form these spires. Now, because it does freeze 100 times at night, you're going to want to have, if you're camping, a very warm sleeping bag because the night I was there, Even though it was October, it was 20 degrees. And so it does get cold, and you need to be aware of that. In the morning when you get up, you're going to get up early, and you're going to go to the rim here of Bryce and take pictures as the sun just comes up over these hoodoos and over these very surreal spires of rock. And then after breakfast, we're going to hike down in amongst the spires. And the trail that I would recommend is the Navajo Trail. And the Navajo Trail is going to take you down to an area called Wall Street, which again looks like a slot canyon. And this is a slot canyon-themed show. But you're walking in and amongst these gigantic spires, and you realize the scale of them when you're actually in them. And you're going to take a switch back down. Now, the bad news with Bryce is that you hike down first, and then on the way back when you're tired, you have to hike back up to the rim. But it's just a gorgeous hike, and it is a little strenuous, especially because you are at 9,000 feet elevation when you start. But if you're in reasonable shape, you should be able to do, Bryce, just take your time and take lots of pictures. And then our final stop in this loop is yet another national park, and this is Zion National Park. And Zion National Park was named by the Mormon pioneers because as they came into the canyon, and Zion is a canyon on the Virgin River, they thought that some of these rock formations really looked like the throne of God. And that's, in fact, what one of the rocks is called, the Great White Throne. And there's just this very beautiful canyon as the river has carved its way through And you can take some of the hikes up to the rim of the canyon, especially if you are not afraid of heights, you can take the hike up to Angel's Landing. If you are afraid of heights, don't go anywhere near Angel's Landing because there is a drop-off on both sides that is dizzying just to think of, let alone to hike through. So this is for people who are not afraid of heights. And then after spending the night in the campground at Zion, check again with the ranger station to make sure that there is no rain coming. And this is the reason you're doing this in September. This whole hike is timed around your next trip is going to be a hike up the Virgin River. In Zion, you can rent gear, waterproof boots, neoprene socks, a waterproof bag, and a stick that will steady you and also help you tell how deep things are. Go take the shuttle buses into the park to the farthest point, and you're going to get off and proceed up the trail, but the trail runs out at some point, and you're hiking in, around, and through the Virgin River. And you're hiking through, again, a slot canyon, and you're hiking up to the Narrows where the canyon walls are maybe 25 feet across and 2,000 feet deep. And as you're hiking up, if you get the first bus in the morning, you may not see anyone else. 
as you turn around, you'll run into those people who started later. But just a very gorgeous and very peaceful landscape and a very unique hike because of the hiking in the river. If you want to do the whole hike, it's actually a two-day hike and you start at the other end. You start at the northern part. Someone drops you off and you hike back down to the narrows. But I'm suggesting this as a day hike, a one-day hike. And in part, it's going to depend on how high the water is. One of the reasons we're going in September instead of spring is in spring you'll get the spring thaw and the water will be a lot stronger and it'll be a lot harder to hike and a little more dangerous as well. And so as you're hiking in September, by the time you get to the Narrows, I am six foot three inches tall and the water was waist high. So if you wanted to go further from there, you're going to get pretty wet. And so the Narrows is a good place for most people to turn around and then you can do that in about half a day. You might want to bring a lunch or get a little late lunch by the time you get back. That's my suggestions of a trip to the American Southwest. That is just about a five-day loop. Now, if you have more time, there are a number of things that you can add on to that. We bypassed Grand Staircase Escalante National Monument, which is one of the newest parks in this area. But Grand Staircase Escalante is one of the more difficult parks to reach because predominantly you have to get there on off-road vehicle and then hike. But there are a number of slot canyons in that area as well, as well as dinosaur fossils. We were close when we were at Page, Arizona, to Monument Valley and also to Canyon de Chez. And Canyon de Chez is a cliff-dwelling city that is certainly worth seeing. North of there, if we were to not make the loop immediately to Bryce, you can also get up to Moab and to Natural Bridges National Park. So lots of different national parks and lots of different amazing scenery that you can see there in the American Southwest. Again, I would not recommend this for the heat of the summer. We're talking about an area that gets very hot. Las Vegas in the summertime can easily see 110 degrees. And obviously, and fortunately, we are talking about the Fahrenheit scale here. But that's my suggestion. American Southwest, come explore America, try out the slot canyons and see the Grand Canyon. This has been Chris Christensen from The Amateur Traveler. If you want more detail about this, I did a version of this trip in a longer form in four different shows way back in the first year of The Amateur Traveler, and you can find that in the archives. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for that great sounding tour. Chris has quit his day job and from January this year is making a full-time go at podcasting and his various travel businesses. So all the best, Chris. That's so fantastic. Yeah, and Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to everyone listening. I think we need to get back to the barbecue. So until next (laughs) week, travel well.